So, before we pray and jump in, um, I, I want to do two things. I, I didn't do this beforehand. Um, to those of you who are just up front as scouts, you should know that that was just broadcast on the internet to everyone. Um, and it will be there forever, because it's the internet and nothing ever goes away. Um, but if you have friends and family who couldn't be here today, you can send them to our Facebook page, uh, and they will be able to watch this. They can watch it live, so you can text them right now. Um, or it will also be on later throughout, throughout the week. We don't take it down. So you can watch it and see and send it to friends and family who weren't here. The second thing I want to do before we begin, if you are a scout leader here, can you stand up for me? They didn't know I was going to do this. But they work very hard, and not all of them are standing up. Really? Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can have a seat. They do a wonderful job. Um, I have the privilege of not only my son Samuel being in scouts, but of watching how all of the scouts function and how hard the leaders work for our scouts and for your sons and daughters. They do a phenomenal job. As pastor here, I couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be more excited. As a dad of a scout, I couldn't be prouder and more excited to see how all of this plays out. So thank you for the work you're doing. Um, but if we could take a moment and pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for today that we could gather here. We pray as we dig into your word that we would hear your voice, that you would speak to us a message that you need us to hear. That it wouldn't be my words, but it would be your Holy Spirit in this place this day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for the last few weeks, we have been doing a sermon series called Drop Your Sword and how to read your Bible without hurting people. Because we can make the Bible say pretty much anything we want it to say. And we can take and pick and choose Bible verses and pull them out of context and then use them to hurt people or use them to control people using them not just to get our spouses to do something we want, but also as a reason to hate entire groups of people. But this is not what our Bible was ever designed for. In the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 3, it says that all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful for teaching and training and correcting, so that the follower of God is trained for everything that is good. That's the purpose of the Bible. So when someone takes any Bible verse completely out of context and uses it to do what's called clobber you with it, they're hurting you. And they're doing the opposite of what Scripture is designed to do. And so for the last several weeks, we've been talking about um, what it is when we get into these difficult passages on things like Sodom and Gomorrah, on things like the, the role of a wife, when we talk about what it is when we say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we've spent some time in there. Today's scripture is no different. It has been used over and over again to hurt women specifically. And so we have a video here that I'd like to show. There it is. 
drop your sword. First Corinthians chapter 14 verses 34 through 36. As in all the congregations of the saints, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. I'm Janet Black, and I attend uh, Nixon United Methodist Church, and it's very happy to greet you this morning. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I love how they just look down at the end. But this Bible verse says very plainly, women should not speak in church. And yet already this morning, we have broken that. We have had women offer prayer requests. Our choir, our Janet who read this, our, we have taken this Bible verse that clearly says women should not speak in church. And we've broken it. We've completely disregarded the entire thing. Exactly. You've always been taught to follow the Bible. And yet now we as an entire church have completely disregarded the entire thing. But it gets worse. In the United Methodist Church, we ignore this. From the very beginning, in 1761, John Wesley calls a woman by the name of Sarah Crosby to be a preacher. In 1956, women were given full clergy rights in the United Methodist Church. We broke the Bible. We didn't listen to what it said. Even today, our youth leader, Karen, two weeks ago preached. She broke the Bible. It says it, we have to follow it. We in Western Pennsylvania are led by Bishop Cynthia Moore Kakoy, one of the finest bishops I have ever known. She leads us. We're breaking the Bible. <gasps> Anyone who says the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, is going to have a hard time being United Methodist. Because we see 1 Corinthians, women should not speak in church. And here we are. In 2019 at Nixon United Methodist Church, we are not taking the Bible literally. We, we aren't following what it says. Now, there are some churches that do this. There are churches that do not allow women to speak in church at all. I have a friend of mine that I went to high school with, and he serves in a, a different large denomination that's not United Methodist, and in his church, the rule is women aren't allowed to speak in church. They aren't even allowed to teach Sunday school to anyone over the age of 12. What? I don't know how they came up with 12, but they're not allowed. They have to sit there. And they take this verse to define it. What? How does, how, does, how does all of that make sense? What do we do with this verse that the Bible is put in there in black and white for us to read for thousands of years? But we break it. Why? And what do we do with it in 2019? Well, 
we have to look sort of at what's going on in 1 Corinthians. We have to look at, at the author of 1 Corinthians was a guy named Paul. Now, Paul was a little bit of a gruff kind of guy. Paul was the kind of guy that you would have to warn your friends about before you introduce them. Because he would make some jokes that were a little on the crude side. He would, he would say some things that, that might make a few people cringe. In, in the book of Galatians, he is mad at the church leaders of that church. And he makes a crude reference to what he hopes happens to them when they go and circumcise themselves. In another place, he's talking about how great God's grace is. And he says that everything else, when compared to God's grace, is a certain four-letter word for human excrement. It's the only time, well, not the only time. It's one of the few times there is actual curse words in our Bible. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's curse words in the Bible. Oh, let me tell you, there's some great stuff in there. It's one of the few times because Paul is being rough. He is not messing around here. He understands who he's talking to, and he's going to get his message across. And he's going to use some terms and, and things that we may not understand a couple thousand years later. However, Paul was also a trained member of what's called the Sanhedrin, the religious elite, which means that they know scripture, they know the Old Testament forwards and backwards and can quote it word for word. And so he knows the stories of women like Hagar, who was the first woman, first person to give God a name. He knows the stories and the events of Hulda, who was a, a priestess and was able to interpret scripture for the king who had forgotten scripture. He knew, you'll like this one, he knew the story of J.L., who was a servant girl who heard a message from God, and when the enemy came running to her tent and said, hide me, she said, okay, gave him some more milk to help him fall asleep, and then when he fell asleep, rammed his head through with a tent peg. Um, yes, a tent peg, big long one. Yeah. You put up a tent in Scouts, right? You know the pegs that you hold up the tent with? Picture them much longer. That's in our Bible. This is the scripture that Paul knew. Later on, as he's planting churches and going about, he's lifting up women like Junia and calling her a church planter. And Eunice. And women throughout the stories. Even the scripture we read of 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 5, Paul is commending women to speak in the life of the church. He is elevating them and saying, yes, please talk, please lead. So all of a sudden now we get this verse that says that women are supposed to be quiet. This doesn't seem to make sense on a surface reading. It seems to be a contradiction until we understand a piece from Paul. Paul, I am convinced, is absolutely the most sarcastic person in the Bible. And I believe that this scripture is a, is a section of sarcasm. He is actually mocking the church of, Corin of Corinth where this letter is written to. Now, why do I think that? Why are there scholars who think that? If you read it, if you heard it, in verse 34, 
It says this, it says, they're not allowed to talk. Instead, they need to get under control just as the law says. Just as the law says. Now, Paul is, an, is a scholar of the Old Testament texts. He knows that there are 613 commandments in the Bible that dictate everything. But there is not a single one that says women cannot speak in church. There is not a single one that says a woman has to be silent in the life of the church. However, outside of the Bible, under the Roman Empire and the Roman way of worship, there was a law that said women could not speak in those Roman festivals to the Roman gods and goddesses. So what's happening is the church in Corinth is taking the Roman law and trying to muscle it into the church. And he says, according to what law? According to, to the law that's not actually part of our tradition? And so he's openly mocking them, saying, essentially, you can't do this. You can't take what's outside in the non-Christian section and try and force it into where it wasn't ever supposed to be. He goes on in verse 36, and he says, as if the word of God originated only with you? Do, do, you, do you think that only men got this? That's not how this works. It's not how it goes. And so he openly mocks the Corinthian church and is telling them, that's not what you do. You can't take the secular, the, the non-Christian, the outside of the church and try and force it into a place it was never designed to be. And when he suddenly is talking about the law, he's calling into question and pointing everyone back to women like J.L., to women like Hulda and Hagar, and on and on and on, who were used by God, who gave a voice to the world. He's even pointing back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, that says that women will speak on behalf of God, that they will prophesy a word from God. And he's like, wait a minute. This is what it's going to be. This is the law that we're going to live into. Now fast forward to 2019, and people taking Bible verses completely out of context, they pull this out, they ignore Junia, they ignore Mary, they ignore Hulda and Eunice, and on and on, and they take this, and they use it to hurt people. And what happens is an entire section, an entire gender is left out of the church. And the, that's right, that's just not okay. It's just not okay. And as a result, the churches aren't as strong. The churches aren't as good as they could be. We as United Methodists understand that your gender does not limit your usefulness to God. That your gender does not limit your call. We understand that the entire life of the church is better when everyone gets to be involved at every single level. Now, back this up to, a, what, about a year ago? When the scouts came to me and said, you know, there's, there's a movement to allow girls to join our scouts. What do you think? Okay, yes, 
because we understand that women are the next and current leaders in every capacity of the church. So to hear things like, girls can now earn an Eagle Scout. To, to hear things like girls who are already coming with their brothers, they just don't get to get the awards, but they still get to do everything, now can be treated on the same level. It was huge. We as United Methodists understood this and supported it from the very beginning. Now we had some questions, and we, we're also United Methodists, so there's procedures to everything. There's procedures and votes and discussions that had to take place, but at the end of the day, it was not a question. We wondered, but I'll tell you what, our scouts are better for it. Our scouts are stronger for it. I can't wait for the first woman to be an Eagle Scout out of this church. What do we got? Two years? You got your hand up. Nice. Nice. There it is. No pressure. That's awesome, and I can't wait to sit at that Eagle Scout court of honor and watch that unfold. Because we understand that taking the Bible literally will hurt people in this section. We understand that sometimes there's humor and sarcasm in our Bible, and we have to put it back into its context to see what's going on. We understand that the whole church is better, the whole of society is better when women are involved at every level. Now, as United Methodists, we aren't perfect in it. The gender pay gap is still significant in the United Methodist Church. In Western PA, there is no woman leading a church of larger than 200 on a Sunday. We got some work to do. We're not there yet, but we're working on it because we understand that the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, Nixon United Methodist Church is better when we are all welcomed and able to be involved at every level. So then, are you feeling called to ministry? Are you feeling like, I could do this, I could do a better job than that guy? Do it. We welcome your voice. We need your voice in the life of the church. You wanna, you wanna go break this verse and stand up and preach or sing in the choir, teach a class, be here? We'd love it. Absolutely love it because we understand how much better the church is when everybody's included. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. We confess that we sometimes use the Bible to hurt people. We use it to exclude others. We also recognize that that's not how you designed it, that you designed it to train us for good. So we pray that you you would show us what it is to use your holy words for good. We, show, we, we ask that you would show us what it is to live in a world of equality where everybody gets to be a part. We pray that you would continue to be with us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.